0: Welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me today to talk about NFL draft betting is Rohit Panea, and you can follow him on Twitter at covers underscore row. Rohit, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. And it is such a magical week for all of us. The NFL draft is here. The Michael Jordan documentary, first two episodes were just on Sunday. And I feel like this is the first shred of real sports love we've been given in a long time. And then the Jordan documentary is going to be again on Sunday. So it's like so much abundance of wealth for us. I know, I'm excited. So this NFL draft is probably going to be the most heavily bet NFL draft ever for a myriad of reasons. One, there's not a lot of sports to be bet on. Two, the uh, legalization of sports betting across some states in the United States. So now it's sort of, there's a lot more eyeballs on something that is already so heavy in terms of attention.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great time to be a uh, kind of in that sports uh, draft betting market and all the prop bets that are out there because that's where all the action going to be.
0: So let's start with our mindset for betting the NFL draft. And we've talked about this numerous times with props, but I think it's worth stating again because the NFL draft, unlike futures betting, we can do it. And within four days, we're going to know if we've won or lost these things. Yeah. But guess what I'm seeing? At a lot of books, this isn't a simple minus 110. Uh, in yeah. what we're going to talk about, I use DraftKings numbers, and I'm seeing anything from minus 134s, minus 200s, minus 248s, and then plus 120 on the other end. So they're not giving, oftentimes, the yeah. equal value that we're used to, which should always be a little bit of a red flag, because I'm not yeah. exactly a fan of dropping 148.
1: Yeah. No, and it is, but at the same time, you can also take away a good message from that because the reason the books are doing that is it's so hard for them to set the lines. This is kind of one example where, as a better, you're on an even playing field with the sports books. They have the exact same information you do, and I think that makes them a little bit scared in some ways. So they are very conservative with those lines and the sort of juice they're going to give you because they know that if you're doing your homework, you can beat them in this way.
0: So one thing that... As I was digging into my mindset around this, I believe there is probably more value on betting the over, not the under on some of these draft positions in terms of will, uh, for example, Tua go over or under five and a half. And traditionally, we live in the over world. Everybody wants to root for the over. But in the NFL draft, everyone likes to look at mock drafts and say, oh, this person's going to go higher. This person's going to go higher. So it is actually the under where more people are likely to see it because not involved in mock drafts are the trades that are actually going to happen. Plus, there is so much public perception going on right now. And if you can just think year after year after year, the number of times that things don't go as planned. And one thing I can never forget about, Mitchell Trubisky is the exact perfect example of this with him going above Deshaun Watson. It's just one of those things who in their right mind would have projected it, but that one domino happens. What happens to the rest of the draft board? It gets completely blown up and there's only so many positions for the under, whereas the over players can slip.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of value in taking the over here because like you mentioned, you have one guy that gets drafted a bit higher than people think, and the whole board shifts down by one, maybe two picks, depending on need. And you have a completely draft board, like completely different draft board. I mean, it would be exciting if they offered uh, live betting on the draft, but would that not a possibility? I think there's definitely a lot of value in looking at the over
0: is there anything else on your mindset here? Are you looking more to play uh, when someone is selected in terms of over under five and a half, or are you looking to do what position or the number of players at a position like, Hey, will there be over under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round?
1: Well, I think that when you're looking at those cut sort of bets, it's really just about where the value is. And it's really interesting. I was looking at the uh, like one great example actually is, uh, Is uh, Jeff Okuda and uh, I was looking at the draft uh, things for him as a Lions fan and uh, the over under on his draft spot is set at about three and a half and I was looking at one sports book and the under for him for under three and a half was set at plus 135 and then there was also a pick for who's going to go third overall in the draft and Jeff Okuda exact same sports book was listed at plus 100 So you actually get a better payout for taking the under three and a half on him than betting on him to go exactly at number three, which is just insane. Especially the same sports book, like they, like their own odds don't like don't actually match up with each other. So a lot of times you look at all those different categories and all those wagering options and look for kind of where the best value's at. And it could kind of shift depending on what bet you're looking at.
0: And I'm glad that you're bringing up Jeff Akuda because really, Oh, sorry about that really the draft starts with Jeff Okuda because we're pretty sure that Joe Burrow is going to go number one, Chase Young number two. And in both instances, those players have super high odds. You're not going to be getting much in terms of value if you're going to be selecting either one of those. But with your Detroit Lions there is no way of knowing what in the world they're going to do. They have a massive Nina at quarterback after cornerback after getting rid of Darius Slay. So looking at DraftKings, you can get Jeff Okuda at plus 125. His over under at 4.5. Over is minus one, 134. Under is plus 110. But guess what? You can also bet Jeff Okuda goes to the Lions at minus 134. So why is that important? Because one of the things that you're hearing is the Detroit Lions potentially trading with Miami. So Miami going from five to three because they believe that, hey, they want to get one of these quarterbacks. The Lions can still get Jeff Okuda at five. So if we look at the over under four and a half, which is at minus one thirty four, or Jeff Okuda goes to the Lions at minus one thirty four. I would feel better just saying he goes to the Lions at minus one thirty four than trying to figure out what spot he's going to go to.
1: And I think in in that sort of situation, you're almost picking your poison. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it could go either way. You could get him, yeah, because like like you said, if someone's trading up to number three for Detroit, they're likely not trading up for Okuda. As much as I love Okuda, you know, top corners. People don't trade trade up for them at the top in the top five picks. That's usually a quarterback thing. So if someone's trading up with the Lions into number three, that pick's not going to be Okuda anymore. And so yeah, I think you're 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 kind of hitting the hitting the nail there. Where it's if the Lions are going to take Okuda, it could be anywhere. Uh, that being said, if the Lions drop down, who knows who they could be taking? And and that's kind of the whole uh, domino effect that you'll see in the draft. But personally, I think uh, I think that there's you know a lot of reports out there that uh, the Lions really haven't been getting blown away by any of these trade offers. Uh, I think they stand pat. Uh, I think they take Okuda, but it's uh, yeah, it really is anyone's game. Hold up,
0: from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only: get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code Sharp 25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's sharp 25 for 25% off any product. Woo! Before we dig a little bit deeper into some of the picks that we like or at least want to dive into, I think it is worth noting, as always, bank role management with this. So I'm curious on your end, Rohit, For you, is this like a a one-unit play on every single one of your bets, or how are you approaching the NFL draft knowing that – We didn't get March Madness betting, MLB hasn't started, we've got no NBA, we have no NHL. So for many of us, we've got a post-NFL bankroll that's sitting here right now, and it may be burning a hole in our pocket. But at the same time, we don't want to blow our wad on something that has such an uncertainty like the NFL draft. So I'm curious how you're managing your bankroll with it.
1: In general, being disciplined with your bet bankroll is always the number uh, number one uh, kind of method to get through any humps you might have. And like you said, just the whole domino effect can be scary because if you're, you're, if you're making a bunch of bets, you're betting them kind of with the same draft board in mind. And if a couple things go wrong, or even one thing goes wrong, that could probably make you lose just about every bet you have going. So always be careful. Uh, I'm not really betting more than one unit on anything unless I think it's a fairly, like fairly solid bet to begin with. Uh, There's one bet in particular I'll get to later. i put two units on that. Um, But other than that, in general, I'm, you know, I'm playing it, you know, close to the chest, one unit um, playing, you know, going with some uh, draft, uh, some prop bets that are pretty much paying out at even money, going with a few bets that pay out very high, you know, plus 600, plus 800, that sort of thing. But in general, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to put too much money into any one bet here.
0: All right, so for everything that we're going to talk about here, I'm going to give you lines from DraftKings. So let's start with the number of quarterbacks taken in the first round. They've got it listed four and a half. We got over is plus 400, under is minus 560. So looking at this, in order for four and a half, we need Burrow, Herbert, Tua, and Jordan Love and then a combination of either Jacob Eason or Jalen hurts and no, thank you for me on that one. I'm not going to be laying either one of those, but that is just way too much ri- too rich for my blood because quite frankly, I don't think I'm exactly sold on the Jordan love side of things. And we'll get to him in a second. Cause he's all over the board right now. Yeah. So I just don't see the fifth quarterback coming in here in the first round. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, uh- to be honest, I don't necessarily think five quarterbacks will get taken, but I do think there's value in a possible fifth, but I'm looking at a slightly different angle on that. In general, I look at it, Jacob Eason, he's got great you know, prototypical size for a quarterback, but there's a lot of things that don't really translate to what modern teams are looking for an NFL quarterback. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, I could see him sort of slipping into the tail end of round one. Do I think it's a probability? Not at all. But if you're considering that maybe, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts will get in there, I think the better value is just picking him to go in the first round. You can get that at about plus 650. So if you think there is going to be that fifth quarterback, you're better off just straight up betting on him than you are taking the prop bet on the over on the quarterback's taking
0: And we might as well just stay here with Jalen Hurts because over 60.5 plus 120 under 60.5 minus 148. So we're talking about a pretty big gap right here between first round and in this instance, will he be a second round pick? So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think uh, I think quarterbacks are probably the biggest crapshoot of anything in the draft. And as we've seen in the past, teams are willing to reach on that quarterback they think could be that franchise quarterback. Uh, a lot of the reports are saying now, though, that there's a lot of teams kind of in love with Hurts in that second round area. I, I love the under on 60.5 on where Hurts is going to go because I don't think a team is going to be feel confident that they can grab him in the third round. And I think once you get into the second round area, a team for sure will grab him up, if not even trade up to the bottom end of the first round. But I think he has a lot of value at that number for sure.
0: Yeah, he's one player that I'm certainly keeping my eye on. So let's get to the big name players. Let's start with Tua. Over, under 5.5, plus 100, under 5.5, minus 134. And with Tua, he's got arguably the best talent in the draft, the challenge being all his injury concerns. And for me, those injury concerns, when he hasn't been able to get diagnosed by the doctors of these teams... And our team's going to be more or less risk averse this year because you're starting to see where you have continued to see Justin Herbert being the second quarterback drafted above him. For me, I'm going to take over five and a half because Tua could go six to the Chargers and or free fall. And really all I'm betting right there is he doesn't go pretty much three to the Lions, five to the Dolphins, and that's it. Lions and Dolphins, those two spots right there. So for me, give me over five and a half plus 100 on Tua.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think Tua is probably the hardest player to peg in this draft because the, the reports on his injuries are all over the place. And one of the hardest things about the NFL draft is that teams are like it's spy games with these guys. They're not letting in any information get there. Smoke smokescreen central. And if they're not letting information out there, you've got to be careful about what information you're getting and whether or not it's the correct information. And yeah, if you feel that, you know, if you hear the reports that say that teams have flagged him for medical reasons, he could be in free fall. But like you said, he also has a lot of talent. And I could see a few teams willing to trade up, if, especially if they think the Dolphins will make a move for him at number five. I could see teams willing to trade up either to the Dolphins at three or to the Giants at four, which hasn't been talked about very much but I, uh, I also see as the giants, the team that could move back. If, uh, if uh, someone really wants to jump up there and grab Tua. Uh, you see, like I've seen that number drop though. When uh, I remember when that number first came out, you, you, you could get it four and a half, three and a half. Now it's five and a half. And I think there is value in taking that the
0: under. So for me, I like getting the plus money right there on something that as we're looking at is probably one of the biggest variabilities of anyone yeah. in the draft. So As usual, I like to be calculated in terms of how I do things. We can see the scenario where he falls out of the top five, and that's all we're really betting. We're not saying he's not going to make it out of the first round. He's just not a top five pick, and there's a lot of good players. So let's look at the other player, Justin Herbert, over 5.5 minus 110, under 5.5 minus 110. So with this... Will he be the second pick in the draft or second quarterback in the draft is what we're really looking at.
1: Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that's one of the, like one of the hardest picks out there because really once again, just kind of comes down to two on where the value is there. A lot of reports say that, yeah, Herbert will, you know, might go to the dolphins at number five. That being said, when I look at a player like Herbert, I could see a team trading up for Tua into the top four, top three, I don't necessarily know if teams are going to be so enamored with uh, Justin Herbert, they're going to be sorry, um, uh, Justin Herbert, that they're going to want to trade into, you know, trade up for him. And I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that the Dolphins have him higher than two as well. So for me, I think the value there is the over on Herbert. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky one for me because I managed to get uh, that bet at six and a half for Herbert, and I love the number. I got the under on six and a half because then you're kind of covered if he falls to the Chargers. But at five and a half, I think I'm definitely sliding towards the over there.
0: And one thing of note, let's say we did want to bet on Tua. I think the smarter way for people who like him is you can get him minus 110 as the second quarterback taken. So if you liked the under five and a half, that's at minus 134. So I would rather just say, well, he's the second second quarterback taken. And this is a good example of how we can be smarter in terms of how we're playing our bets.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So let's get over to Jordan Love, a player that is extremely polarizing. We're seeing him anything from a top 10 pick to out of the top 20. So it's one of those things where he's either going to get taken quickly or he has the ability to drop. Well, the challenge in all of this is his over under 19 and a half. Over 19 and a half. Minus 200. Under 19 and a half plus 162 and i think the team once again that is probably going to determine a lot of the dominoes of this draft from a betting standpoint the dolphins they're sitting there picking at number 18 so one they have the ability to trade but two they've got three first round picks this being the second one of them so could this be another landing spot for him what are your thoughts on jordan love
1: absolutely i i think one of the uh Biggest examples of movement you've seen on the draft board is Jordan Love uh, when, you know, just maybe three weeks ago, the over under on where he was going to go was about 12 and a half on a lot of books. And yeah, you've seen that shift down, like you said, 19 and a half right now, and definitely a lot of value on the under there. I mean, you've got 19 teams picking before that spot. And even if a few of them are convinced that he might be a quarterback of the future, he's worth taking in the middle of the first round, if not higher. So I think you could definitely uh, take the under there, especially at great plus money and uh, feel pretty solid about it.
0: Yeah, there's no way I'm touching the over at minus 200. That just makes no sense right there. Let's move over to the running backs. And this is a position that has been devalued over the years Because we can consistently see running backs drafted in the second, third, fourth rounds that can be good. So the first bet being number of running backs taken in the first round over under just 0.5. So essentially saying, will one be taken in the first round minus 200 for the over. Under plus 165. So if you believe that zero running backs will be taken in the first round, plus 165, and really it looks like it's a three running back race, and really it might be just a one running back race. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins. What are your thoughts? Will there be a running back taken in the first round?
1: I'm convinced that there will be one at the tail end of the first round, but yeah, I mean, the the position is just so devalued now. Teams know they can come in, grab a guy later. Teams know that passing really is what, you know, wins championships right now. Uh, Running back can only take you so far. And uh, you look at past years, uh, the year that, uh, I mean, you saw Joe Mixon uh, a couple years ago. You saw Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook go in the second round. Uh, You see guys like Alvin Kamara, uh, Kareem Hunt go in the third round. You can get a lot of value with these later, uh, uh, not later picks, but, you know, after the first round selections. So I think uh, you know that's a lot of juice to be taking the uh, uh, to be taking the over. Uh, I think uh, I think I'm I'd, I'd leaning towards the under there and saying maybe you know maybe no one picks up those running backs. Maybe they slide a little bit.
0: So the better way of making this bet would be let's look at first running back drafted: DeAndre yeah. Swift minus one fifty five, Jonathan Taylor plus two hundred. So. Yeah if you think that DeAndre Swift is the first one, it actually might make more sense for you to take him to be the first running back drafted than for him to be the running back taken in the first round.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, there's definitely value in that. There's a lot of value taking Jonathan Taylor to go, uh, to be the first pick. Uh, and yeah, I think that's uh one thing to keep in mind too is the over under on those guys. Uh, because, uh, I'm not sure what the exact number is right now on Swift, but when I last looked, it was said about 27.5 for where he'll be drafted. So if you think that instead of taking the under there, or sorry, instead of taking the under on DeAndre Swift to go before 27.5, makes more sense to take the over uh, 0.5 in a running back.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing right here over 26.5 minus 200, under 26.5 plus 162. And guess who's sitting there at pick number 26? The Miami Dolphins once again, Dolphins. Yeah. three first round picks. So, is it going to be quarterback and where does running back? And the th- thing that about the Dolphins, everyone loves this narrative. They're like, Oh, imagine if they get Justin Herbert or Tua, and then they get the wide receiver they won, and then they get DeAndre Swift, and we create this like yeah. super team of draft for the yeah. Dolphins. And do we really think it'll be that easy and sexy? And oh, by the yeah. way, I don't know how I'd feel if I was a Dolphins fan to have such shiny object syndrome, because if there's anything that I know about success in football, it is actually one in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. And when all of a sudden we're filling out all the sexy positions first, I don't like that. I would rather have a few sprinkles of guys that are like, here's this big guard from Wisconsin or something where you don't get, it's not sexy, but you know what? It's going to help your team. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of
1: value in that. And I think that's one of the scariest things I think about uh, pegging a quarterback to go to the dolphins at number five is that they have a lot of draft picks and uh, offensive tackle is something they really, really need. Uh, This is a very, uh, very good draft for offensive tackles as well. So I think, uh, I think you'll see a little bit more of a buzz closer to draft time of them possibly targeting a tackle with their first pick and then going back to a Jordan love or something a little bit later on, maybe with their second pick.
0: Well, yeah, because I think you need to look at tiers of positions. In yeah. with offensive linemen, the tiers drop precipitously from the elite guys to the ones below that. Whereas the quarterback or some of these other positions, I mean, certainly running back, the difference between Swift and Dobbins and Taylor is a lot more negligible.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So... Let's go to the wide receivers right now. And really, there's three of them, and there's a run. They got the Jets at 11, Raiders at 12, 49ers at 13, and the Broncos at 15. And as sports betting would go, guess what? Jerry Judy's number, 12 and a half. CD Lamb's number, 12 and a half. Henry Ruggs' number, 13 and a half. So all of those teams need it, need a wide receiver there. But guess what? We don't know which is going to go where because you got Ruggs, who is just like a Tyreek Hill dude. He just, his production wasn't there as much, but he is straight lightning. Then you have CeeDee, Lamb, and Jerry Judy, and those guys are potentially the best wide receiver in the draft. We just don't know which one. So I'm curious on your thoughts on these wide receivers because they are all very good, and they could all go in this cluster. And, oh, by the way, the number is super tight. Yeah. Well, I
1: think when it comes down to it, I think that as fans, uh, I think we tend to get a little bit more excited about something like a 40 yard dash than uh, a lot of these guys that are actually sitting down making these decisions. So uh, Henry Ruggs, as much as I like him as a prospect, I don't think he's quite in the same uh, level as uh, Judy or a CD lamb guys who are, uh, have better hands, better root runners, that sort of thing. Um, I think, yeah, I think it, it is a big cluster with them, especially right there. But when it comes to at least two of those guys, I'm definitely leading towards the over. I think um, like you said, you know, those are flashy positions. And we look at those and we think teams want those, but teams often know that you got to build on other side, you know, on other aspects as well. And you look at the Jets, and yes, they absolutely need a, they absolutely could use a playmaking wide receiver, but they could also use someone on the offensive line. Uh, you look at the Raiders and the 49ers, and both of them could use a wide receiver, but they could also use a cornerback like CJ Henderson. So I think the chances of one of those three teams going in another direction than wide receiver, I think kind of shifts things a bit. I'm definitely leaning towards the over on rugs there. Um, I think uh, earliest rugs goes probably about 15 to the Broncos. Uh, I think uh, I'm leaning towards the under on whichever of those receivers you think will go first overall. Uh, I think for me, that's Jerry Judy. Um, But uh, I I know that that board's pretty split on that. A lot of people see C.D. Lamb as the best receiver as well.
0: So for me, I'm with you on over 13.5 plus 100 on Henry Ruggs because, once again, I like the plus money. If I can get plus money on two is over and plus money on Rugs is over, I'm willing to do that. And with Ruggs, I'm really only looking at about a two-and-a-half pick variance. Like, best-case yeah. scenario is Jets at 11. But worst-case yeah. scenario is they only have to get through three picks with him. So I like yeah. that a ton.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: So, do you have any value bets or anything else you want to leave us with of things that you like? Uh, well, besides the
1: Jalen Hurts uh, going to the first round one, which I mentioned earlier, I managed to grab that at plus 690, but I think that's uh, moved a bit since then. Um, I'm glad you brought up the offensive lineman because I think there's a lot of value there. And uh, one of the uh, names that's kind of gotten forgotten about is Andrew Thomas. And I think there's a lot of value in taking Andrew Thomas to be the first offensive lineman off the board. Uh, I got that number at about plus 500. So this was a guy who was considered the best offensive lineman in the draft, had a pretty solid combine, but nothing spectacular. But then you saw guys like uh, Tristan Wirfs put up a 4840. Uh Mekhi Becton put up uh, incredible numbers at 360 pounds. Uh, you have Jedrick Wills from Alabama who has a really sky-high potential. So you see all those guys going higher in uh, mock drafts, but nothing's really dropped Thomas further back than them. He's a very good prospect in his own right, and he's considered more polished than the other three, which is really interesting because with offseason really pushed back for a lot of these teams, if a team wants an offensive lineman to step in right away and produce, Andrew Thomas is probably your best bet. Uh, And I could really see him going just as high as any of those other linemen and being able to get him at uh, almost plus 500, that's just fantastic value.
0: Rohit, always enjoy jamming with you about sports and sports betting. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, Best ways on Twitter. uh, You can uh, follow me at CoversRo, at Covers underscore R-O. And I want to hear from you. What NFL draft betting is going to be on your card? You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. And make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at Covers. And I'm going to give a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed, rated, and reviewed the show on iTunes. It really helps us a ton because your feedback helps others join our community and listen to the podcast. When you give us a shout out, I will give you one on the show. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money. Management. The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump, put your rope, put like the way the sound Pump it in your black soap. And let loose with the
1: juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. So say I got more juice than two pops.